last line of the creed, the resurrection of the body, and then next Sunday is the life everlasting. These are two really awesome weeks to think about, two really awesome phrases that are in the Apostles' Creed, and um, here's the hope. This is where we're headed. This is where it all comes down to, and it's going to be wonderful and amazing. So I invite you to pray with me before we get into this. Lord, we ask that um, as you have implanted eternity in each one of our hearts, that, Lord, you would bring to life by your Holy Spirit, your Holy Word handed down to us, containing all the truth about what has been, what is, and what will be. We thank you, Jesus, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that while times and cultures and peoples may change, your Word and your truth never changes. So Lord, we pray that you would implant this in our hearts, that it would grow and bear much fruit, and that when people ask why we have such hope in this life, we would be able to tell them because of the resurrection, because of what Christ has done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So it's no surprise the resurrection of the body is in the creed. Okay? Um, It's a central theme central core doctrine of our faith that we find in Holy Scripture. And um, one of the reasons that it ended up in the creed when the creed was being developed is because it's a response to a, a heretical threat. Okay, At this time in the church, um, <clears throat> there were teachings in, that were creeping into the church from the culture that the body is bad, all created matter is bad, And only the spirit is good. Therefore, we need to be freed from the badness of the body that the goodness of the spirit might be able um, to live on. And if it sounds a little bit like Plato, (laughs) it is. That's, That's sort of what he believed as well. And that has influenced our culture and our society uh, in the way that we look at life and death. It's very different from what the Bible says. If you go back to Genesis and you read about the creation, what does it say every time God creates something? It is good, right? Yeah. Very different from it is bad and we need to only have the spirit that is good. God created us to have bodies. They are good. Sin is bad. Rebellion is bad. The wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Sin was brought into our bodies through Adam. And through Christ, we are made alive. So in order to understand resurrection, we need to take a look at death. Just like last week, in order to take a look at forgiveness... We need to take a look at sin. So we think about death for a moment. What will my death be like? And what is my hope? What about your death? You ever think about it? What will your death be like? What is your hope? And more importantly... What does the Bible say about death? And what does God's word say about the hope that we have 
Do we have a Christian view of death as given to us by Scripture? Every single worldview out there kind of chokes on this point of death. Uh, can't do justice to death. It's always the battle against it. And only Christianity can really do justice to the issue of death with the truth of the Lord. We know that it's a sure thing, right? We try not to think about it. Or maybe we do. Maybe we're at perfect peace with it. If you look at culture um, and our society, we spend lots and lots and lots of money avoiding death and pushing it back and trying to stave it off. And, you know, sometimes we end up right on the brink of it and then we get dragged back from the edge. Um, people seem to be terrified of death. Spend a lot of time worrying about it. Trying to get away from it. Or another example of how people deal with it is they try to take control, you know, control over it by deciding when it happens. Or how it happens. Another view that, that is popular is that um, when we die, it's just another portal into another dimension. Or we come back as something else. Or we become an angel. Or we get transported to a new plane of existence where we lose this body that caused us all this pain and enter this blissful state of rest or sleep, etc. And all of this stuff is a mishmash of this sort of religious pluralism where we take a little of this, a little of that, a little of this that sounds good because it makes us feel better and we anesthetize ourselves to what the truth really is. And if we would just take the time to look at the truth in Holy Scripture, we wouldn't need any of that fake stuff because what God is telling us is real is so much better than all that stuff. It's been said dying is just a part of life. Could not be further from the truth. Death was never God's plan. Death is the alien thing that was brought in to the plan by sin. It is alien to life. It is just such a stark contrast to true life in God that it should be shocking to us that it's even a part of things. But we've become so used to seeing death, experiencing death, living because of death in this system that has been tainted and worked over by sin that we're just sort of numb to it and it's just become a part of life. We as followers of Jesus Christ have the honor and the privilege and the high calling of participating with the Lord in the restoration of all things. Through one man came death, the man of dust, Adam, right? We read that in the scriptures today. Through Christ, life comes, restoration. Everything that the serpent took and destroyed is being restored into the fullness of the way that God created and intended. It's coming. As surely as our death is coming, our resurrection is coming. Romans 6.23 we all, at one point or another, have bumped into this scripture. Maybe some of you learned it 
as the Roman road. I don't know. <laughs> it says the wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Right? Death is the consequence of the entrance of sin into the world. Apart from sin, there is no death. Right? If we have hoped in Christ in this life only, we are of all men most to be pitied. If it's just for here and now and there's no resurrection, what's the point? You could sleep in on Sunday. <laughs> or better yet, live for yourself rather than somebody else because if you only go around once, you better grab all, the, all you can on the way by. Right? That's a pretty common way of looking at things. The Apostle Paul is saying that if Christianity is not able to deal with the issue of death, if Christianity has no hope on the other side of death, if there is no victory in the gospel that he is preaching, then Christianity is a fake failure. And we are all following lies and a deception. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 32, the Apostle Paul says, If the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Right? Paul is saying, if death is final, then I'm headed to the bar. I'm going to have all my fast cars and all the girls and all the whatever I want in life. Because I'm going to live it up the way that I want to. Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. But, resurrection. Christ is the first fruits. Right? His resurrection is what we have to look forward to. Uh, in the Old Testament, when they would uh, harvest, this is the time of harvest right now, you probably have more tomatoes and zucchini than you know what to do with. Uh, but in the harvest, they would take the first little sheaf of grain, right? And they would give it to the priest, and the priest would offer it to the Lord in thanksgiving. It's the first fruits of the rest of the field that is coming. Christ's resurrection in that glorified body is the first fruit of the resurrection of the dead that we are all going to experience in Christ. You're going to have the same body that Jesus did when he passed through the walls and scared his disciples. That's going to be awesome. <laughs> I believe Jesus had humor, I tell you. <laughs> the Apostle Paul turns around and says to the Corinthians, be assured that the solution to death is found in Jesus Christ, right? Jesus comes into the world, takes on our history, takes on our flesh, carries our sins, dies in our place. He is buried, he is raised again, and all who trust in him Share in that resurrection. If that's not a reason for hope and to dance out of here and go down the street and tell our friends, our family, and our neighbor, I don't know what is. He goes on and he elaborates on it a little bit um, in verse 33 and then onward. He says, I tell you a mystery that we are not all going to sleep. 
We're not all going to die. Some of us are going to be alive when the Lord comes. And some of us are going to die, but all of us are going to be changed. How are the dead raised? What kind of body do they have? It is sown a perishable body. We all know where that ends up, right? Up on the hill, okay? It is sown in dishonor. It is sown in sin. We are born into it, into that condition. It is sown in weakness. It's subject to sickness, to death, mental illness, depression, cancer, COVID, whatever. It is raised in power. It is raised imperishable. And it is raised in glory, not subject to any of that ever again for all eternity. Do you believe it? Though the outward body is wasting away, daily we are being renewed inwardly. Scripture tells us that even while this crumples, <laughs> On the inside, we're being brought more and more and more to life in Jesus Christ. So think about it for a minute. Our bodies bear the marks of a fallen world. I did firewood yesterday and my back hurts this morning. <laughs> okay? And if that's the extent of my problems in this life, physically, then I'll take it. <laughs> But how about what some of the things we've experienced, some of the things our loved ones have experienced? We see the imprint of the fallen world in disease, in suffering, in death, in suicide, in mental illness and depression, right? In the resurrection of the body that Paul is talking about, that parent or grandparent that you lost to Alzheimer's. It's been called the long goodbye. Right? They will be changed and transformed. And everything that was lost and more will be restored. That child Sorry. <laughs> that child that died that you never got to see grow up. Or that you never got to see their children. Is going to be raised in glory. And it's all going to be brought back and restored beautifully. Sorry, I've been around so many people that have passed or been there. I think about it all when I read about this stuff. Those cancer victims that go through all this treatment and they try and they try and they strive and they strive and they still die. It ravages their body. It's not the way it's supposed to be. They're going to be raised in glory and perishable and it can never happen again. Those that have struggled with mental illness and depression and imbalances of that nature and, and they, it seems like their life is stolen from them. Jesus Christ came that that would one day be restored. It's not lost. 
forever. The person that you knew just as a shadow of that, you're going to be amazed who they are when you stand next to them in glory, watching the King of glory pass by, raising your hands and worshiping with the angels. It's incredible. You're going to watch them all transformed because of what Christ has done. How about the scars you bear in your own body, the ones in your mind, in your heart, in your soul, the secret sin, the stuff that drags you down, the diagnosis that you have that you haven't told anybody about. Christ is the restorer of all things. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ will all be made alive. There's the, uh, the hymn we sing on Easter. One of the uh, stanzas in there says this, Made like him, like him we rise. Ours the cross, the grave and the skies. This is the promise, the resurrection of the body. No matter what life throws at us or at our family members or people that we love and people that we see, this is not it. Just as assuredly as we die, assuredly we will be raised. As Christ was raised, we also are raised. And that is the hope that we hold on to. It's unshakable. So it's my prayer that that truth will bury itself in our hearts and be brought back to us by the Holy Spirit in those times that we are tempted to despair or question God or ask, why is this happening? We can know the truth. We don't have to wonder what's coming because his word tells us. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the resurrection. Thank you for the fact that the Christian faith is not something that we hold in vain. That it is truth. Your word is life. And that no matter how things around us may change, you never do. And that we can trust in that and take that all the way from the cradle to the grave. We thank you that death has been swallowed up in victory. That when that time comes to each one of us, as we see our loved ones walk that path, as we see our neighbors and our family members and think about those that have before us, when that day comes for us, Lord, that we would have such assurance in our innermost being that when we close our eyes in this world, we open them in the next looking at the face of Jesus. And that this body that is sown in weakness will be raised in glory. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.